Hello and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5pm GMT. I'm your host Anu and I use this platform to share not just expert but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you want to keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to if you don't make it to the PPC Chat live discussions and even if you do then like follow share and retweet um on that's right twitter with my handle the marketing anu or join us um, in our linkedin group the ppc chat roundup um and if you're on instagram check us out at um, ppc chat underscore roundup to get quotes and snippets from our previous episodes today we're led by the awesome julie Bicini discussing google's quite shocking although maybe not for everyone, um, announcement that they are going to delay their cookie-less privacy plans. Now, um, yeah, if you work in paid media and you haven't heard about news that came out late last week under what rock have you been hiding? <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyways, if that rock has been, you know, mountains of work and um, end of the month <laughs> scurrying of reports, um, we do have all the links to the announcement um, on the official ppcchat.com site. So definitely um, go down there to check it out. Um, this news did come out like about Thursday last week and it got all of us, especially like on the, the PPC chat handle, um, you know, gave, gave us all of us like a, a flurry of, of thoughts and ideas and, you know, speculations as to the reasons why and why they did that and what that really means in preparation. I'm also quite, um, Nervous is not the word, but maybe like a bit apprehensive as to about the talk that I've got for um, Brighton SEO, which is pretty much um, what account managers should do in terms of the conversations with um, their, their their clients in terms of data privacy, what they should do with their data um, and what it's about. Um, although, yeah, those conversations could possibly probably be de- delayed as well now, but they'll definitely still be needed. I definitely think we are at a point where data privacy and going cookie-less has to happen. So it's just a matter of when, not if. Um, but anyway, back to that flurry of thoughts. Um, let's see what they were from our experts. And I'll definitely be giving mine as well. I wasn't able to join the live um, uh, discussion because I was um, on a seaside uh, getaway. Um, one of the seaside cities um, in the UK. I just took a nice long drive out there. It was wonderful. Loads of nice, huge cliffs and loads of pictures taken. But anyway, let us get back to it. Um, as usual, we have Julie welcoming us saying hello and thank you for joining me today. The topic is, so cookies are getting a reprieve. Now what? Um, but first, how are we all doing today? So nice little roll call. Amalia joins us saying good morning. I'm feeling nice and cool today despite it being unseasonably warm. I'm also ready for my upcoming four-day weekend. Four-day weekend. Ah, oh, you're lucky gal. Well, I just had a four-day weekend, so I'm going to shush on that one <laughs> so well right now. Julia Vice goes, hi, folks. I'm back from vacation and ready for another break. Uh, mostly um, heat-related. We Canadians are glacial people. Turn off that hot thing in the sky. <laughs> Julie, thank you. I get, um, t- um, gives a, a nice um, warm hello from uh, Philadelphia. It's quite hot and humid. Too hot for the puppy to go to daycare. Um and who else we have? We have Dwayne Brown joining us as well and meet Cabra, Cami Karras as well. So yeah, and Steve Gibson. Um, and she's going to was combining it with the England-Germany game. Well done to England. Oops, if you have not watched the game yet. But by the time you listen to this, this and this comes out, yeah, 
you've uh, I couldn't have spoiled that for you. Anyway, so getting on um to some of the the chats um with some announcements from Julie because she goes in case you missed it, Google announced that they're delaying the end of cookies and she gave all the links, which is going to be on offic- official PPC chat as well. She also mentions that Google is also backtracking on flocks of federated learning of cohorts, their proposed replacement for cookie technology and for me, I actually think that's one of the main reasons why they had to pause, delay all of this. Even the whole of Europe didn't, I say the whole of Europe, they weren't able to really get it a foot, a good footing in Europe and, and none of the tests actually worked out. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Anyway, we get on to question one and we've got Julie asking, what are your general thoughts on this development, the end of cookies as we know them being pushed back? I'll jump straight in. Um, yeah, and, and it also I feel like a few people <laughs> are with it. A lot of people are happy. I'm happy as well. I think it's been a, a lot of like Google themselves realize that they're honestly not prepared to make the deadline that they had set before. So the, you know, push comes to shove. They've just decided, okay, actually, no, let's, let's actually push this um, deadline back. Steve Gibson goes, it's great news. Audiences and conversion tracking are essential to good PPC management. Um, but yeah, Steve, I don't think we, we need to, um, we, we, we should hold on to the fact that data privacy, these, these rules are, are not going to go away. I think it's definitely still going to happen. Um, Julie asks, I'm happy to have some more breathing room. So yeah, it's the breathing room I'm happy about. Let's have more time to get our ducks in a row. Honestly, after the past 18 months, not having to scramble to get clients ducks in a row for no more cookies is quite welcome. I did not know Julie had mentioned the ducks in a row analogy as well. So that's actually quite funny. Great minds think alike. And Dwayne Brown replies saying more time to prepare. 2023 is a whole year. Could they tell us a business quarter at least? Please don't make it Q4. (laughs) Yeah, because we already have loads of like holidays and and things that we need to prepare um, things for. So yeah, definitely it would be better if it was a bit earlier or even Q1, the, the year after. Julia Vice answers saying, I think it's delaying the inevitable. I agree. Gen- generally, businesses aren't ready. Audience builders aren't quite ready. The general internet isn't ready. So more time to prepare seems like a good thing. Um Amalia replies, I'm not surprised, honestly, ironically, I just did a lecture on it and the day after it shifted, are they being entirely truthful about their reasons? Um, And then Julie goes on to question two saying, which do you think is more interesting, announcing cookie support continuing until at least 2023 or the backtracking of flock and um amalia replies backtracking on flock for sure so i'll be saying flock which uh, is short for federated learning of cohorts so um yeah just be aware of that um I mean, replies to question one saying, honestly, I'm pretty jazzed about this. I might have screamed yes when I heard about it. I just laughed. <laughs> it's going to give us more time to figure out how to adapt to all of this. The last several months have been a whirlwind, so I appreciate the extra time. Sean Ellie replies, I'm not too surprised. It seems like they hadn't really thought everything through. I'm curious now to see if it happens at all. So much can change in that time frame. To reply to question two, Julie um, goes saying the Cooking news was most welcome, but the whole flock seemingly falling apart is fascinating. And yeah, much more of what I, you know, expected. And I think it was that one that um, caused um, 
that caused the cookie delay to happen. Amit replies to question two saying, I'm going to say the backtracking. I feel like the delay was more expected from them. Um, Julia Vice replies, definitely the flock change keywords have been shaved down pretty rapidly since the first twinge of exact, but not really. So this feels like a pretty big dump in the road. Um, and so, yeah, this um, in reply to Shonelli's reply, um, reply to question one, where he had said, he'd said, it seems like they hadn't really thought everything through. Julia replies, I loved how they basically said we need more time because we have to figure out how to still do advertising. Yeah, exactly. Steve Gibson replies to me, there's two ways of saying the same thing. There are two ways of saying the same thing. Anastasia Sorokina replies to question one, saying no complaints, more time to prepare. The reality is more of our clients are just not ready yet for this change. Yeah, hair, hair. Um, Greg Asquid joins the conversation as well. In, in reply to question two, goes definitely flock as that's the future or whatever form or replacement ends up happening. It needs to be replacement. Um, Dougar Thomas replies, it's in large part to Google being so vertically integrated. Apple and Mozilla don't run their own DSPs. Mo Mozilla, I have not heard of Mozilla in quite a while. Uh, don't run their own DSPs and ad networks. So they have a lot of reasons, a lot less of a reason to keep cookies going. Brad Bodoski uh, joins us as well, replying to question one, saying it doesn't surprise me as there seems to be a lot of resistance around a flock. Um, I rather this be well thought out with proper solutions in place and greater adoption. More time is needed across the ecosystem to get this right. Dwayne Brown replies to question two saying kind of similar. A lot can and will change by 2023. This is the start of something and not the end. I totally concur with that. Greg replies, I'm um, saying it's not, it's a good thing, but only as a long um, as that time is used wisely, too many are celebrating it as a win and using it as a reason to not research and make the changes they need to. Very great, fair point, Greg. Steve Hammer replies to um, question one saying, it's odd. It's one of those ideas that seems right. Cookies can be intrusive and a lot of people were working on their solutions, yes. Many of which were less controllable, flock digital fingerprinting. Dropping cookies might have made privacy worse, in my honest opinion interesting um and he's continuing his answer to question one dougar thomas um goes if chrome which is monopoly of browser dropping cookies in favor of something only google had full access to then the iab would probably have to have a long discussion with them and i think it'd be something that's genuinely an antitrust thing um and yeah said so julia vice replies that is a super interesting take i basically basically think the same thing is about to happen, but with Apple reserving all the sweet, sweet privacy device data, the walls around the gardens get higher. Um, and Julie replies, um, I have some questions that also include Apple's ATT coming up because it is all related. And Greg replies to that saying, think IAB would have to join the back of the queue of government departments. Yeah, there's a lot of departments that these um, big tech giants are going to need to answer to. And then Julie goes on to question three, saying, with the end of cookies still somewhere on the horizon, does this change anything you're doing now through the end of 2021? Why or why not? Um, I think like it was more of the fact that Google has still doesn't allow certain companies, especially those not spending up to, I think it was either 30K or 50K to allow to, um, you know, get whatchamacallit, 
um, to be able to use um, customer matching. That's it. Customer matching is literally using their data to be imported into the accounts. Um, so yeah, finding a solution for that would be great. And that's still for Google to do or just getting my clients to spend more would be another way. But not getting, but actually seeing opportunities to spend more would be great. Um, and then, yeah, in reply to question two, we have Brett also um, um, saying that announcing cookie support until at least 2021. I did think this was going to happen sooner than later, but on the flip side, it does make sense. Sentiment towards Flock seemed too negative initially. Some browsers and platforms allowing Flock and some not is not ideal. Um, and to answer question two, um, Anastasia replies that I had a feeling they will backtrack on Flock. It felt too good to be true. I'm glad they are taking more time to figure it out because what's happening with Facebook ad performance is crazy. Greg replies to question three saying it shouldn't. While current ways of working will continue for a bit, there will be massive advantage for those who are fully as much as possible given pro probable lack of info. Prepared second time round and immediately when thinking about other browsers or mobile, etc. Julia Vice replies to question three saying not really, but my circumstance are unique awareness campaigns, digital in real life cookies. Why gross? Cut me some pie. This is the perfect time to get great at alt audience strategies. Steve Hammer replies to question two saying a solution needs to happen, which balances the needs of advertisers and those of consumers. Flock was far from beloved um, from privacy advocates or antitrust watchdogs. Google going it alone was a big issue. I don't think we'll have that four letter F word in our vocab. Sean Ellie replies question three saying, I will still push clients to build up first party data, but until I know more about what is to come, I want to spend more time focusing on immediate needs than spending a ton of time preparing for the unknown. John Kagan replies to question one saying, from an SEM perspective, none, almost no impact for us. From an over from an overall digital media perspective, it tells me Google found an issue in their path to screen over other digital platforms. Julie replies to question three saying, um, while the sense of significant urgency was abated, I still think it is smart to be preparing for either a world without cookies or cookies functioning differently than we are used to. Take the time now to get ready. First party data collection, GA4, etc. That is all in very important points. And in response to question three, we've got Dwayne Brown going, not this moment, as we have been testing a lot of paid social style cold prospecting on Google. We are thinking, how can we help clients collect more emails and other data points to help the business grow even more? And then we have John Kagan replying to question two, saying again, sorry, going to say the pushback to 2023 largely because I still don't entirely understand Flock. <laughs> I don't think anyone really totally fully understands Flock. Steve Gibson replies to question three, saying there were some big audience based initiatives I was recommending to a client. Those had some with the disclaimer that if cookies go away, they might be a short term initiative. Now they're definitely worth doing. Um, John Kagan replies to question three saying from an SEM perspective, no, from a digital perspective, it gets me the ride to, to ride the gravy train a bit longer. Steve Hammer replies to question three saying, I'm really trying to convince even my B2B clients that full funnel matters. Those soft conversions to a newsletter, etc., 
matter a lot more in a cookie-less world. First-party data for the win and brand rules, and I don't mean a fancy logo. Yeah, brand salience is what's most important. Um, Brett also replies to question three, saying continuing to place a focus on getting GA4 implemented for all clients. Conversion modeling will be crucial in a world without cookies and GA4 aids in this effort. I like that resource from Brett as well. And then we have Amit Cabra replying to question three saying, no, I don't think so. I want to focus on what we need to do right now versus worrying about what's going to potentially happen in two years. And then we have Julie going on to question four saying, do you think cookies or some type of substitute technology can ever completely go away with the advertising systems we have now? Julie Vice replies to question four saying, in the very specific yes, um, all this technology is changeable and can end easily in the general spirit of observing and targeting audiences. No, it's just going to iterate into other methods and techniques. Um, and then in reply to John Kagan, we have Julia, Julia Vice saying, um, saying when, when Julia said, as long as no one is happy. Um, and then, yeah, and that's in terms of his, his, his talk as to, to question one saying from an overall digital perspective, it tells me Google found an issue in their part to screen over other digital platforms. And then Julia Vice was like, Apple screen over other platforms first. As long as no one is happy, John Kagan replies and Julia goes, I think that's the real antitrust suit waiting to happen. These dang phone monopolies stole my, stole my happy and then tried to sell it back to me. Wow. Post vacation me is a real hippie. <laughs> Larry's. And then Greg Asquit replies to question four saying um, third party third party cookies will definitely go away, but there will always be someone trying to build an alternative in a world with a totally privacy considerate replacement. Can advertise can advertising function exactly as now? Probably not. There will need to be trade-offs on both sides. Dwayne Brown replies to question four saying it could, even if it means someone has to force Google's hands. Um, we rent time on ad platforms. They will do what they want or are forced to do. Julie uh, replies to question four saying, have a hard time seeing how some type of tracking won't remain in place unless the way platforms function is completely overhauled. That or they will need a major rebranding or messaging push as a, as a, as a to why they're still good despite being essentially digital billboards. So again, reply to that. Um, Julie's reply is have a hard time seeing how some type of tracking won't remain in place unless the way platforms function is completely overhauled that or they will need a major rebranding or messaging push as to why they are still good despite being essentially digital billboards and she continues what I mean by digital billboards is that the targeting we are using uh, we, we are used to having may very well get reduced to the type you get when buying outdoor media billboards or tv or print loose demographics and maybe some interest stuff but also lots um who aren't targets yeah that's the dangerous thing of the way things are going in terms of the fact that with automation that's what automation you know that's the part of opt automation um especially google's automation or just be strategic and have no specific keywords or showing a specific intent. Uh, that's going to be difficult. And Dolores Thomas replies to question four saying, why are we so interested in keeping the advertising systems um, we have now? 
Um, and then in reply to that, we've got Greg replying saying, ad tech investors and board members jangle pockets. Um, and then Steve Hammer replies to question four, TV is just now moving towards some sort of addressability and it's coming in fits and starts remarketing and the like is amazing precisely because so little else could do it before. So I think we'll have some form of system, even if it's done by the old school way. And in reply to question four, we've got um, Sean Elliott saying, no, I may be naive, but I think users as well as advertisers will continue to push back. I think people want relevant advertisements and realize that they are still being tricked, being tracked <laughs> or tricked um, despite what they are being told. Um, John Kagan replies to question four saying, only if you believe advertising is cyclical. Um, if so, I can't wait for Prince massive comeback. <laughs> Sam replies um, to question four saying, no, though it'll look quite different as platforms evolve. As long as brands are investing in advertising, there will be a demand to understand the impact of that investment. So while the mechanics, cookies, pixels, floodlights will change, fundamentals won't. And going on to question of five, we've got Julie asking us, when you couple this with Apple's ATT, app tracking transparency, do you think this gives Google any kind of advantage over other ad platforms? Um, and then we have Julia Vice replying to question five saying Google's advantage is time and experience. They invented our auction approach and have a long view of where this industry is going. They own a lot. So does Amazon. So does Apple. And Big Blue is basically a vacuum. Shonelli replies to that saying it does as long as keywords targeting remains. Google has been a strong and stable ad platform over Facebook the last year, contextual keyword targeting is their ace in the hole. Um, John Kagan replies, question five, saying nothing happens in um, in life if Google can't better profit from it. Prove me wrong. Um, yeah, I think that's only time can prove that one. Um, Julie replies to question five, saying just as Doug R. Thomas mentioned in an earlier answer, Google's control of Chrome puts this on a whole new level. Um, no other ad platform also controls the majority of browser users. Perhaps you could argue Apple does with Safari, but usage is a lot lower. Yeah, hardly use Safari. Um, Julia replies, uh, continues her answers. We have gotten used to data flowing freely across platforms and browsers, and that time appears to be over ending. That is really the biggest disruption, in my opinion. And um, Greg continues, I think the closest example is Apple and the whole iPhone ecosystem or App Store. Same privacy versus performance as versus antitrust arguments. And then in our reply to um, question five, Julia Weiss goes, Chrome is not the be all end all. It's just a browser. Amazon owns the Amazon app and it's a bigger search engine for retail than Google is. Google plus Chrome. Google plus Chrome is imbalanced, but browsers are not what they used to be. It's funny that Amazon is hardly ever part of this type of discussion, isn't it? I'm sure they are happy to be under this particular radar. Honestly, yeah. Well, to be fair, they are doing stuff. There was definitely one particular news that said that Amazon is, um, yeah, is, is not accepting Google's form of privacy and they're using their forms of, they're developing their forms of identifier. So I wonder when they're going to make big announcements of what progress they're making. Julia Vice continues, girl, in the GDPR itself, Amazon is not even considered a search engine. It accounts for 60% of retail searches, but apparently their version of antitrust search plus display plus video plus order fulfillment plus grocery is like not a problem it's so frustrating yeah they have a lot more hands in more pies and the money and to funds to to back it up 
And then we've got Julie taking us on to um, question six, saying, are you seeing impacts from a Apple's ATT now that it has been out there for a couple of months? If so, what are you seeing? And it is, and is it more impactful on some platforms versus others? Um, Julie answers that one, saying that seems to be hitting Facebook advertising the hardest. I follow a lot of Facebook ads people and DTC people here and there um, have been, sorry, I follow a lot of Facebook ads people and DTC people here, and they have been tweeting a lot about the way things happening in their accounts. It would be nice to see, to hear more about that one. Um, yeah, as well. Um, and then we have Julia Vice replying to question six, saying mostly on Facebook, the other platforms are seeing some light instability, but the biggest impact is blue. Dwayne Brown replies to question six, saying Facebook, Facebook DTC, Twitter says, everything you could want to know. Facebook, DTC, Twitter says everything you could want to know. Is that a handle or, or hashtag that we should be following? Um, then Dwayne continues, Snap released their update about three weeks ago, seeing the same impact in their ad manager as you'd see in Facebook. No paid social ad platform is safe. You can't hide anymore. Interesting. And then we have Julie taking us on to question seven, same bigger question. Can we do anything to help with data loss? Are you doing anything in your tracking to try to stop data loss now where you can increased UTM tagging, changes in Google Analytics, something else? Yeah, I think those are the main points. The making sure that every client comes in with, um, you know, great tracking. That's what we at Clicks definitely try to do with a client to make sure their tracking is sorted out before we uh, get to them. So tracking is very much important. It's very important. And we're going to be doing a lot of moving, switching towards GA4 um, as well. Um, and then Amit Kabra replies to question six saying, Facebook campaigns have been all over the place. A friend of mine was doing 40 times on abandoned cart remarketing less now they can barely hit uh, 0.5 times facebook twitter was suggesting to swap out creative quickly which is what we're trying right now tim jensen um goes on answers question seven saying good utm tagging plus solid client backend setups is the best solution i've found requires a lot of extra work on the client and those so frankly just doesn't always happen um julia vice replies to um question seven saying not a moment but again my situation isn't the same as others uh, we're mostly all on ga4 and app tracking is soon going to be where it's at for a lot of businesses in terms of data collection um and then yeah julie um replies to tim where he had when he said good you good utm tagging solid client backend set up is the best solution julie replies do you mean having an actual crm in place and using it properly when you say solid client backend setups um tim replies yes crm marketing automation systems etc pulling in utms wherever possible although sometimes doing that accurately is reliant on cookies um, especially when dealing with people navigating to multitask pages and making utm stick so still not perfect Steve Hammer then um, replies to question seven saying more and more I'm trying to make GA and or CRM system the system of record I do worry that we're missing multi-touch but first party you know and then we have in response to question seven Dwayne Brown um, saying um, UTMs are useless with paid social might as well just not use them 
when 90% of your data never makes it into Google Analytics or is tagged proper, tagged wrong in Shopify. We still break out paid search from paid social in Google Analytics. We do as much tagging as we can. Um, Anastasia replies to question six saying huge impact on Facebook. We noticed that Google Analytics is showing an upward trend despite more conservative conversion volume while Facebook conversation data continues to drop gradually. Conversion modeling is key now. And then last question of the day from Judy is, um, we're coming in with question eight. What is your prediction for how this all ultimately plays out both for Google and with Apple's ATT. And how about Amazon? Anyway, um, but um, Steve Hammer then goes on to question, answer question five, saying the dirty big secret of Facebook's conversion model is that it really counted a lot on view throughs. That got destroyed with ATT. Yes, some VT is legal, incremental, but a lot isn't. Cynical me thinks that thinks what we're seeing now is more of reality than it was before. And then Dogar Thomas replies to question five saying um, Apple and Safari slash iOS is the closest thing, but I don't think it's the same at all because even if Apple controlled 50% of the mobile ecosystem, they'd still not own even 25% of the mobile ads ecosystem. Um, and then, yeah, Tim Jensen replies to question eight saying, I think in the long run, we're all just going to have to realize that you can't perfectly track and attribute everything, which has always been the case, but it's so much more pronounced now. And frankly, good marketing is much, is about much more than perfect tracking. Um, Tim continues saying, I say that last part being someone who is absolutely obsessed with the tracking analytics, etc. end of things. And Julia Vice replies to that. Yes. Did I get coffee today because of the ad? Because it's my habit, because it's cold out, because I like coffee. You'll never know which one you'll just know i saw the ad passed the shop and bought the coffee all else is inference and um tim continues on answer that well i'm guessing because it's cold out wasn't the reason today <laughs> greg replies to that so much this yeah i said yeah and julia vice replies i should have said iced coffee made here indoors because i am not going out it really sounds like it's a bit of a scorcher in um, that part of the world dogar thomas replies to question eight saying that i've been predicting this for longer than is probably wise but there has to be a big shift in how we think about targeting and audiences i think we're only now Almost at that tipping point, people are looking back and seeing that targeting has always been broken. Um, in the ethics chat a few weeks ago, I said that practitioners parroted ad networks PR without reflection. Undoubtedly, we believe that audiences were inact, were inexact, but accurate. I think the editor, the editor over cookies is practitioners realizing that is it's all how that it's all a house of cards. I'm very influenced by the subprime bubble arguments of Tim Huang because it put into words how I've been feeling for years. Wow. Doug should come out with a book. I think he gets very philosophical about what we do here, uh, which I think everybody should read about. Um, anyway, he continues, the next real step is to rethink how we target audiences to be more focused on real users, not cookied users. Folks have brought up billboards and TV as a lesser targeting methods where I see that as more valuable than display. I think about the rise and fall of guest blogging and how it petered out because everyone could see that reach or targeting was a farce. 
Oh, wow. He writes a lot about this. Continues, getting real press, doing PR, that works. So it's less that display is bad per se, but programmatic, which DDN also is because words are hard, is the real problem. You want to reach people for community? Buy a good share of voice percentage of impressions on a local paper local paper site. No one but South Bend people are really reading the South Bend paper. Similarly, no one but beer people read those free brewing ads papers. You can get a lot of breweries and you can do the attribution with media mix modeling. The tools are there without the tech. Oof. And that was like a big thread. I hope you caught all of that. Tim continues saying, um, great point. People always have put too much faith in audiences being exactly what the platforms claim they are. So yeah, we need to do, they need to do better. Dwayne Brown replies in 24 months, Apple will make so much money from their non-app search ads that it'll be crazy not to not to run ads on them. Again, Apple will make so much money from their non-app search ads that it'll be crazy not to run ads on them. Although I feel that they've been trying for a long while and they've not really quite hit that. Anyway, who knows? Steve Hammer replies to question eight saying, want the really bold prediction? I think antitrust killed Flock. So it wouldn't surprise me if Google pushed off Chrome to be independent and then implement it as a negotiated give up to the warrants of the world. Mm, interesting. Julie replies, ultimately, I think our ideas and expectations about both targeting and attribution are going to have to evolve. We have been operating on a shaky foundation anyway, as far as how effective the targeting and attribution actually were slash are. Um, Julie Vice replies, um, yeah, since November 2016, I refuse to predict anything, but I'm thinking Apple will find their, their closed garden too small for comfort and Google will continue to tout keywords data as the best reason to use their audiences rather than others. Yes, they're still going to be touting keywords, even though they're not going to allow us to see it. So that's, I, I think out of all the predictions, that's the one I really um, agree with. Everybody's still going to try to make profit for their company and try to beat out the competition but it's just gonna it's just they just because it's companies that are just too big and too bold it just seems just very um anti-competitive um and then we've got steve hammer continuing his answer to question eight saying we've had a golden age of digital advertising i recall when you could target people that had been to a chili's on twitter um some of that we're bound to lose and have already lost um it's going to make our jobs harder but it's still a great a channel and so, yeah, we've got Julie taking that, um, taking us through that um, for this evening, although I'll give one last answer from Sam in answer to question eight. The smartest play for Google seems to be what they're already doing, evolve from click-based measurement to automated regression modeling. GA4 sets the stage nicely for this, then black box plus LOL profit. Yeah, shocking about that. Um, and yeah, and um, Tim, Steve replies to that, Tim Foyle had me wonders if Part of the removal of keyword terms is to get us to accept the black box more. I think it definitely is. And yeah, Sam goes 100% think that's part of it. The other part, in my opinion, is because um, that was the path of least resistance to increasing US CPCs in the short term. So yeah, they want to make more profit. They're finding w ways to do it, cheeky ways um, to do it. Um, so yeah, that's quite naughty. And so, yeah, we come to the end of that chat. Um, if you've got any ideas for a chat topic um, or, or guest host, please, yeah, tweet um, Julie herself, tweet myself as well, or tweet it and, you know, just put the PPC chat hashtag on that one. We did the topic about contracts because someone, you know, mentioned contracts after we talked about 
um, client communication. And um, yeah, we, we take those suggestions seriously. But yeah, I hope you found those um, thoughts um, and um, predictions about, you know, Google delaying um, their cookie-less future um, plans. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just very interesting. And just I just feel like it just shows how interesting this industry is very much evolving you have to really keep your hands on the pulse of things and read the blogs get involved in the chats um you know read you know get get be on linkedin wherever there's loads of news going on um but yeah we'll also give you the as much up-to-date information as we can get um on this podcast as well so keep tuning in um but yeah i hope you found this week's one very particularly useful and taking some great takeaway if you want to chat more about this um come join us on twitter spaces and um usually we do it on a friday but this coming week we are moving it to thursdays because due to the summer um, weather people are finding i thinking you know longer weekends you know taking fridays off which i'm going to be doing very soon so this actually is very helpful so yeah from this week moving forward twitter spaces chat is going to be on thursdays 5 p.m gmt 12 p.m eastern time so join us for that chat for any feedback about this podcast or even some corrections and anything that has been shared please get in touch with me on twitter my dms are open as well um so yeah just get me on my handle the marketing anu or join us on linkedin um on the group on our group page um which is um yeah ppc chat roundup so we'd love to hear from you about that or share your thoughts about this chat um and finally remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface so keep your swans kicking bye <laughs>